there. Hi, Jess. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thanks. I'm great. Thank you. Um, I'm so grateful that you're here and that you're here to share your heart with us. And just wondering if you could share a little about yourself with our listeners. Sure. Um, so I am a mother of three, two living children, one in heaven, and I live in... I move around southeast Queensland, really. I follow my husband around while he's finishing his... Say it again. I lost you. Oh, sorry. No, no. Say it again. You, you oh. move around... I'm out, I move around southeast Queensland. Perfect. Um, following my husband as he finishes professional training, uh-huh. uh, which has been a great adventure. I never thought we would do this. <laughs> Life throws you curveballs and adventures all in one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And... Um, yeah, so I have a nearly four-year-old boy called Max and a nearly one-year-old girl called Zelly. Gorgeous. Now, I, I, don't, I, I haven't met you before, but I don't think I've – we haven't had much of a conversation. No, we haven't. But I have read two of your uh, beautiful pieces, one titled Mother's Day, When Someone is Missing, and the other called Zelly and Me, which both dealt with losing your precious little boy, Theodore. Right. I was wondering if you could share your story with us. Um, well, thank you for asking me about it because I love talking about Theodore or Teddy as we um, usually called him. So um, Teddy was was born on the 7th of February 2016 and he was um, my oldest son, my first son was 17 months old when he was born and um, they were just so different. Matt, has um Max has um a few issues with tone and so has always been a gentle kind of placid kid um who would take a lot of encouragement to achieve stones and Teddy was like this you know bull in a china shop he was he forced was, to be reckoned with he was I mean he was 4.2 kilos when born and just oh. kept growing and he was um I think he was 10 kilos at the six month mark he was uh, such a big, strong boy. Sounds like one of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine come out like Michelin men. Yeah. <laughs> well, Teddy, Teddy didn't come out big. He just just piled it on. Yeah, anyway. 4.2 isn't small. No, he was just long. But we were so surprised because the midwife said to us, even Gabe didn't know, and he, you know, this is his job yeah. to birth babies. Um, he, the midwife said to us, because he, he was the, actually, I just have to describe his birth because it was the most, beautiful experience in my life I have to say which sounds strange oh but after that first you know you have your first birth and it's like oh my you know sometimes it's not that bad but it's long and it's kind of yes it's It's laborious anyway so Teddy just he was a water birth Um, in a bath like in a bath yeah in a bath because the hospital I was in had this like huge massive round baths yeah 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 I've seen those on that one born every minute (laughs) yeah like I could have gone for a swim in them wow and yeah I it was and my husband sorry my husband is Gabriel um and he his job is um he's training as an obstetrician so he sees a lot of difficult births he sees a lot of births where things are really hard gone wrong or things need he needs help a lot yeah um, so birth is never really a gentle, beautiful experience, never a clean experience for him. Yeah. 
And I like for me, it was a greatly healing experience. It showed me the the power of my body and surrendering and and for Gabe, it was like he was just touched by the whole thing. He was there in the water with me. Yeah. He said that was just so gentle and clean and um it was really good for him too. So yeah, that was a beautiful experience. Um so yeah, I um Teddy grew and grew and grew and, and Max and he um you know, we had we could see that beautiful deep bond between two brothers, you know, so, so we'd grow up together really. Yeah. Um and a lot of it made sense to me in terms of you know, I, I would make plans about yeah. how they would you know, Teddy would help Max with his um, with his issues, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure they were going to complement each other throughout life and help each yeah. other. Um, and then when Teddy was, um, actually, I'll tell you about when Teddy was just turned eight months old, his actual eight month old mark. I went down to see a dear friend of mine, my my mate, matron of honor, who was visiting from Boston really briefly with her. She lives in Boston now, and um, she was visiting. Uh-huh. And I really wanted to see her. So I decided that Teddy and I would just go have a weekend down mm. in Sydney. I was less than 48 hours. But he he had never had a day with just me. And, um, you know, my attentions were always divided. Yeah. And it was, we just had a great weekend, just the two of us. And, you know, visiting my friends and, and me getting to prioritise him the whole time. It was a great time. It was really beautiful. Um, in hindsight, that was such a gift. It was. It was entirely providential. Mm. Um yeah, yeah, absolutely, no doubt about that. And and you know, my 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 friend from Boston is so grateful too because she had a son six weeks younger than Teddy, who's my godson. Mm. And Michael and Teddy got to meet, and um, we're really pleased that they got to meet on this earth. Um, and then yeah, three days later, um, during his afternoon nap, my beautiful little door just passed very peacefully. Oh, the heaven. Three days after having that one-on-one time with him. Yeah. Oh, wow. And the night before, I'll tell you this as well, because the night before. Um, God is so good. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. And wow. when you. I get goosebumps. Yeah. The night before I put, what I always used to do was, I don't know, some bedtime routine, you know, you develop this thing. Mm. I would always put Teddy to bed first and then I, I, he was pretty good at going to sleep. So I would just put him to bed and go and read Max's books and mm. go to sleep. But this night Gabe said, oh, can, how about you put Max to bed and I'll just stay up and can I just play with Teddy for a bit? I didn't see him all week. Mm. And they, <laughs> I don't know what was going on. I think they were, they were playing on the bed and Teddy had found a magazine on the bed and he was like, he and Gabe were playing tug of war with it. I don't know. I came out of Max's room and I was like, what is going on? But they were just having the best rough and tumble time because Teddy loved it. Like he, he's only housing, but he just loved it. He loved it when Max would hit him. Max was, you know, nearly two, he was two by this point and he would just sit on him and, and yeah, he just loved it. And so yeah, Gabe and, and he just did that for like half an hour. They just had the best time. And then Gabe held him in his arms and rocked him to sleep and Teddy fell asleep looking up at his dad. And that was their last night together. Oh. And it was so beautiful. Like, I'm so grateful. Yes. So grateful that they got that time. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. You don't, you don't realise how precious every moment is. And then when you, 
when you go through something that you've gone through and you look back at the gifts that you were given, those special moments and memories. Total gifts. Um, I read in in your in your article your piece on the Mother's Day with someone missing. You said um, of of Teddy's passing. Instead of part of my heart, instead a part of my heart resides with my son in the place that is my rightful home, heaven. So instead of my broken heart being a fatal wound for me, it is actually my reminder of who I am. C- can you? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but can you explain <laughs> this? Yeah, it feel like the next week after um, after Teddy's passing was surreal. So you can imagine the first 24 hours were just a nightmare and I kept went, wanting to wake up. I can't imagine. No one can imagine how. No. Yeah, and, yeah, I can't even. Describe it. Yeah. yeah. Obviously it was the worst 24 hours of my life, but. Um... I've got but... issues here, by the way. I'm just oh. Wiping my nose. Oh. I, I, I have a problem, okay? <laughs> Wipe away. Don't you hear rustling? It's me with the tissues. <laughs> so, so, keep going. Have this effect on people. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, so it. I think it was the next day when people... People started pouring into our house. So we live in Queensland, away from our closest friends and family. Mm. And on the first plane to the Gold Coast the next morning were my mother and two of my closest friends, Teddy's godmother, actually. Mm. Oh, they just she was up. here as well. Was she Pardon? still here? Was she still here? Oh, Teddy's godmother. I was thinking of your Teddy's godmother. Oh, yeah. It goes in a – yeah, anyway, confusing. Yeah. Um, they just showed up and they were the, that was the first plane. And then people – kept showing up the next couple of days and the messages flooded in as you can imagine mm. but my brother-in-law Sebastian um funnily enough I had the book of Senzeli and St Louis Martin's letters yes and I had read it mm-hmm. and I had thought about the fact that she lost four children and I just thought oh how terrible but I'd never taken specific note of any of the letters that pertain to that yeah. you know None of them yeah. really um struck me but he sent me, he sent the whole family actually, he sent a quote from one of Sinzeli's letters and it was about how she felt on the, the death of her first child, mm. the death of the, the first child that died. And it really, like, it just opened my eyes. Okay, yeah. It was, it just, you know, you'd like to think that oh. the thing happens, you honestly have this acceptance and hand it over to God straight away and... Mm-hmm. But I, I was so numb. I couldn't, I couldn't even rationalise or process or mm. I wasn't aware of anything really. I was just kind of zombieing through the world. Mm-hmm. But when I read that message, I, I was just overcome with this joy all of a sudden and this realisation. Can you, can you remember what it said exactly? Um, yeah, I can't really. It was, it's long. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, we have <laughs> So she wrote, um, when I closed the eyes of my dear little children and when I buried them, oh. I felt great pain, but it was always with them. I didn't regret the sorrows and the problems I had endured for them. Several people said to me it would have been better to never have had them. I can't bear that kind of talk. 
I don't think the sorrows and problems could be weighed against the eternal happiness of my children. They weren't lost forever. Life is short and full of misery. We'll see them again in heaven. Above all, it was on the death of my first child when I felt more deeply the happiness of having a child in heaven. For God showed me a noticeable way that he accepted my sacrifice. Through the intercession of my little angel, I received a very extraordinary grace. Oh, I'm a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm not saying I stopped crying at that point. Mm. You know, it's still the pain of missing them and not having them and not, you know, longing for them. It's having them in your arms. Yeah. I remember I I haven't, I've lost two babies to miscarriage, but I said to my husband, I just want to hold another baby in my arms again. Mm-hmm. That feeling yeah. is so overwhelming. I can't imagine how you would feel having had that touch, you know. Yeah. I mean, we were very lucky actually because um, this might be a little bit too specific, but at the hospital um, after after it was all over, the you know, the resuscitation and everything, um, they were extraordinary. They gave so much time. Mm. with Teddy to hold him and he was still warm he was still him you know he was sleeping we had hours to hold him you know it was and so these were memories these were moments gosh I'm really (laughs) we have those memories and those moments oh I have that so strongly you know what it was like to hold him and and kiss him but um but yeah I think I think once I'd realized because nothing made sense. I just kept thinking, but he was, you know, he and Max were going to be best buddies through life and this makes no Planning. sense. Yeah. Yeah, and then I just said to Gabe, no, this is the best way going to help us. This is the best way he's going to help Max through life. We need him where he is now. Oh, he's so good. To get him. Oh, it wasn't me. It the was Holy just, Spirit is so good. Yeah. I, honestly, we must have had so many people praying so hard because we were hit so strongly with grace. Like Gabe says, he's never felt that kind of grace ever before. You can't explain it unless you've gone through it. I remember seeing, I have a friend, a close friend of mine who lost a little boy. He was 18 months old. Oh, yes. I, um, I was one of the first ones there to the house after he had passed. And... I remember seeing her sitting on the bed holding him and um, she just looked like the Pieta. Oh. I'm going to cry now. <laughs> but you, in your article you spoke about um, how Our Lady suffered and that your suffering obviously wasn't as bad as hers, but you could you unite yourself to her suffering? Yeah. That just brought back so many memories. Yeah. And that's exactly, you've, you've just got this profound grace to get through it, whereas me, the blubbering mess on the other end, <laughs> doesn't have that. Well, this is, this is actually, kind of, it sounds strange, but I kind of feel like I've been blessed in a way that not many mothers. Yeah. You know. It's amazing. Like motherhood is full of, yes, joys, but also sorrows, right? Like I don't know a single mother that hasn't suffered. Yeah profoundly for the sake of her children some sorrow or some grief you know you're only as happy as your child I think they say but um but 
I've had this, I think I actually have <laughs> something special. Yeah, totally. In return for it. Like I, I have gained, oh. I'm still gaining so much, you know. You've lost a lot, but you've gained so much. That's so true. Yeah. And my loss will be nothing. Like and it feels like a lot. But my loss will be nothing when you from heaven. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Will- if we have heaven as our end goal, anything is bearable, I suppose. Absolutely. And that's yeah. kind of what people miss today. Yeah. And, you know, we all, I'm assuming a lot of people listening to your podcast, we're all aiming for sanctity. But for me, I have a daily, actually, minutely, secondly, reminder of how important that is. Yeah. You know, because I want to see my son. Yeah. And that may not be the noblest of motivations. <laughs> oh, no, it's noble <laughs> But it's, it's what I have now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. How beautiful. Um, what about the dynamics between the husband and wife in, in a situation like this? Mm. How, like, I, you don't have to get too personal. But, or, no, no. but we, we experience grief differently and we, because um, a, a mother's heart, I think, is very different to a, to a father's heart. Mm. Still both very beautiful but very different. How do you navigate that or um, do you have any to add? I think, I think the wisdom of the, um, the complementarity of the sexes um, has becomes me when I read this because I, you know, I never would have thought actually I would have, if you'd told me beforehand what was going to happen and I had to predict somehow how we would each react, I kind of, I think I always would have thought that Gabe would not have it together. Mm. Terrible that I would say that. I, I no, no. I, I, I don't. I always think that the husband wouldn't have it together. Yeah, be able to. She'd be put on a sensible hat and be able to get through it, and the men will just fall apart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in fact, through in the end, I was incapable of making decisions for weeks. Mm. I could even so, you know, you have to make all these decisions. You have to just. You have to put together a funeral booklet. You have to decide what him is going to be for, whatever. And I just, I just sat there next to Gabe and he said, what do you think about this? And I was like, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, so many little things like that. Um, what clothes do you think Max should wear today? Yeah. I'm not sure. Is it hot? I'm not sure. I don't, I just, I kind of just yeah. couldn't concentrate or couldn't really focus. And Gabe was like, just so together and um, so just. They crash later. So they do, yeah. And I've seen that in um, in other other couples yeah. experience such loss, um, you know, years. But um, I think for Gabe, it probably came about a year and a half later. Mm. And he, um, he, yeah, he was very about it. And I think he just felt a bit burnt out. And when our daughter arrived, um, he was working a lot. He was commuting to Brisbane from where we lived, so on the road at least three hours a day. And hmm. after a while, he just said, "I don't get to see this baby, and I really want to spend time with her." So he took some time to work, a considerable amount of time, and he's um he recognised that that's what he needed to do. Yeah, and it was yeah, but I see now that yeah, you do grieve at different paces, hmm. and and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's quite wise in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
any advice you could give to grieving mothers who are listening? Oh, dear. <laughs> I know. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. I, I could have given you a list. And <laughs> I don't think I have any advice because I don't feel like anything that has gotten me through has been from me. Yeah. You know, I think um, I, I kind of let it flow, let it, let it happen, let it. Yeah. Just embrace the, what comes. Yeah. People will reach out and, help, and want to help. So let them do that. And people will want to pray for you and you, you will feel slightly embarrassed that you need some prayer, but just let yourself need other yeah. people. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say. That's fine. Um, the other thing, I, I know it's people feel really, um, they don't know what to do when they're approaching somebody who's grieving. Yeah. Um, they don't know what to say, they don't, you know, so they often just don't do anything. They don't act. Yeah. What, what could you, what advice could you give to people who want to be useful and helpful to people that those that are grieving mm. something i'll say is never, um it's never a bad to say time never a bad time to, to reach out to someone who has lost someone. it's never a bad time it's never too late yeah to reach out. i still have people now saying look i never contacted you at the time but i'm really sorry and, and that's that i find that really helpful yeah that people haven't forgotten my son yeah and um it's never, yeah, it's never the wrong time. I don't think it's never, you, you, you won't, you won't know what to say and that's okay. You yeah. can just say, I don't know what to say. Um, is there ever a, a wrong thing to say? Oh, I'm sure there is. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Um, but there's no, good intentions are never. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Look, I think, and this is purely me being a little bit selfish and, you know, my own weaknesses, but I think hearing someone say, oh, it's like the time that um, something else happened and it's not quite the same. And I I think someone trying to say, I know how you feel, if they haven't gone through it, that doesn't feel quite right. Um, That's not to say, you know, there's a small mother's no grief and I I don't know the pain of a miscarriage and never being able to hold my son. It's I don't know that. Um, I'm sure they're completely different. I, I there's still there's still a grieving there, but yeah, the fact that you I have I never could hold my child, but you could, and just all I wanted was to hold a baby, and you had held your baby, and he's gone. And I mean that's just yeah. yeah. I I don't know. I I think it's hard to compare. Like I I can't imagine. I think a lot actually about um, mother infertile infertile women mm. and how they I guess it's never publicly acknowledged for them they're yeah anyway they don't um, have something tangible to grieve over yeah exactly mm. um anyway I something that someone said to me which could have been the worst thing to say but actually has really helped me and stuck with me at, at Teddy's funeral this young father of five kids yeah. I think I think he just had a baby two days before the funeral so I don't know he was amazing I can't believe he was there yeah and, you know, I give thanks to her that he was there. But um, he said to me, like, you know, I look at my kids and I worry about their future and what they'll become. And, you know, Joe, in a way, you've hit an incredible home run. Yeah. 
And I guess it could have been the right thing to say, but for me, it was the perfect thing to say because it was exactly what I felt. I was, there was a, there was a joy of knowing that Teddy was, he was safe and I would never have to worry. Where he was destined to be. Yeah. Yeah. And where I, like, we've always been, um, because, because of Max's health issues and things like that, we've always just had a very, um, a view of as long as our children get to heaven, nothing else really matters. It doesn't matter what, you know, mm. what things that they be sad on this life, because in comparison, nothing yeah. is, you know, and so I think we'd always thought that and, and knowing that Teddy had reached that, that the only goal I possibly have for him was, yeah, it's a great joy. Yeah, well, um, can you tell our listeners a little bit how, I suppose, no, I think you did touch on that, how, how St. Ellie she helped you. She became your friend, I read in. Yeah, I, um, I took some time to read a bit more. And you know, some of oh, most of our letters are just very ordinary, mundane things, and not all quotes like that. But I just started praying to her and saying, "You've been through this. You know what I need. Can you please just start praying for me?" Yeah. Um, and that that really helped me. Yeah. Just <laughs> sounds strange, but talking to someone who'd been through it. <laughs> yeah. No. No. That's perfect. Yeah. They know exactly what you've gone through. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what you need when you've gone through something like that. You need someone who also knows what it's like and who has survived, you know. And, and has, got, has, has reached our end goal. Yes, exactly. And brought her children to that same goal as well. Yeah, how beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think I'm all, I'm all teared out here. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else? At, at, in our podcast, Olivia's not here tonight, but in our podcast we ask something that's brought us joy mm. at, um, during the week. It doesn't have to be anything that um, has got to do with any, anything we've spoken about, but um, I want you to have a little think about something that's brought you joy this week, Jovi. Yeah, so I can tell you actually. Mm-hmm. Because um, Max, my nearly four-year-old, who um, was just over two when Teddy passed away, yes. I think he somehow still remembers little bits of Teddy, and I don't think it's just videos. Yeah. He definitely watches videos. I think it's, you know, we don't remember things that happened when we were two, but if you think about it every day from the time you're two, like if you talk about that event. Yeah. So we talk about Teddy every day and, you know, I was going to ask you actually, what's something that, what, what do you do to keep his memory alive? Oh, look, we have pictures of him around and we, we're very happy to watch videos of him all the time. Like Max often likes to watch videos of him. Yes. And that's the great wonder of this modern age, the fact that 500 photos and I don't know how many videos of Teddy. So, you know, um, we've got lots of reminders of him all the time. Yeah. But he, um, there's a special picture in Max's room that we always kiss every night and ask him to pray for us. And so Teddy's still very much um, a part of our family. He's mm. the most important part of our family because he's going to help us reach um, reach our Lord. He's holding the rope up in heaven that you're all going to climb. It, that's exactly the image. I, like there's a, 
there's a veil of heaven and he's on the other side of this. T- and because he's so fat, it, it's, he's actually got a good <laughs> that's chance. That's right. He got the weight to be able to pull you up. Yeah, that's right. Um, so anyway, so Teddy, um, the other day, the other day, actually, this is what joy, brought, brought me joy this week, is that Max was um, showing Zelly, who is nearly one, the picture of Teddy and imitating this little head waggle he did. Oh. He, said, he was waggling his head. He said, that's what Teddy does. And trying to teach his little sister about their brother. Yeah, brought I have, me lots of joy. How gorgeous! Yeah. Well, my thing that yes, what what brought you joy this week <laughs> was actually something to do with my children as well. But my eldest daughter, we had a, we were able to sit down over a cup of coffee and just talk about something that really affect you know to do with our faith and to be strong and courageous. And it just brought me so much joy that I've got this adult that I can share my faith with and and have a great conversation and just think she's she's gonna be all right oh (laughs) Jess you're living the dream I mean it already has been and is but I just thought this is what life's about you know able to have that good conversation with your adult children and realize that it'll all be okay (laughs) it brought me joy yeah, that's phenomenal. Mine's not. <laughs> no, but that's yeah. They'll all be there one day with us. Yeah. yeah. Well done, Jess. You must feel. Maybe so- they'll pull me up. Actually, not maybe they will. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. Um, oh. I've gone through. I've got four soggy tissues on my lap here. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jess. <laughs> No, no, that's fine. That's a big heart. What happens with me? Um, uh, so thank you so much, and I really love speaking to you. And thanks for sharing your heart. Yeah. And I will pray to Saint Teddy. Thank you. <laughs> From now yeah. on, keep him busy. Oh it's yes. very lovely having my own. <laughs> yeah! Wow! Imagine you are very lucky. Fabulous. Um, I, can I just say one more thing? Sorry, this kind of pertains to what you were saying before, and that is um, you're saying any advice for people who are around others who have lost. Yep, go for um, it. And it's that I still have people who text me every now and then just to say, just checking in, how are you going? Yeah. Has this been a tough one or, a, or an okay one? And um, I honestly have, like, the majority of my days are fantastic days, and I – um, but you know, every now and then I do have a hard day, and I really appreciate those people who still remember. It's um, yeah. any day or anniversaries, or just just to check in with you. Oh, look, I have a I have quite a few people checking on me on um, Teddy's birthday and his death anniversary. Those are very inevitably those are difficult days. Yeah. Um, Christmas Day, it's correct. I really I don't want this to be the case, but I do find Christmas very hard still. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, Mother's Day, I find hard this year. So. You yourself up about it. Pardon? That's normal. No, but I love Christmas. <laughs> this is so selfish. I used to love Christmas. <laughs> um, but I'm sure that will come. It yeah. will come. Time. And um, what's that cliche? Time heals all wounds. I mean, it doesn't heal all wounds, but it does. It does. Softens the sting. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, very, very true. Oh. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jess. Thank enjoy, you. Enjoy your evening. I will. God bless you with this podcast. Oh, thank you. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Oh, actually, I'll have you back on with Zelly. <laughs>
Thanks. Anytime. Bye. Bye.